0: Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through JD Brown this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, October 25th, 2020, and released on Sunday, November 1st, 2020. This week's message was brought by guest missionary speaker JD Brown, and the scripture references are Romans chapter one, verse 16, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 16. Verse 17, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, John chapter 15, Romans chapter 5, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, verse 18 and verse 31, verses 35 through 39, and Acts chapter 16, verse 31. My prayers that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sermon. How y'all guys doing this morning? Yeah.
1: Amen. Yeah. Great worship, guys. Thank you, Mr. Terry. That was amazing. I haven't heard you in a long time. It was good and refreshing to hear you again. Um, it's been a long time since I've been around in this church. I think last time I was here it was almost seven years ago. My grandpa got married. And before that, old Leonard Foster was still here, so it's been quite a while. And I know the pastor said, I wish I'd have known you a long time ago. You probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's people in here that can testify to that. Um, but maybe if I had have met you, my life would have been a little bit better. Um, I grew up here, I think right after I was born, we lived in the old parsonage that was right behind the church for a little while. And then we lived over on Harmon Lane the rest of the time, right next door to... Suds and Terry there, um, I asked for forgiveness, everybody lived in the valley back then when I was growing up, because I'm sure I terrorized you in one way or the other, um, uh, but yeah, I I lived a pretty rough life most of my life growing up, I remember coming to this church as a small kid when we had the little penny drives up here with the weighted buckets, and um couple different times when they had revival and stuff most of the time I'd try to come to get out of work because Sunday was our work day um, but I really didn't ever follow Jesus but god that song that Trisha just sang you know the precious love of God how he just pursued us our whole lives you know I mean we were all lucky enough to be born in America where there's a church on every corner and at least we can hear the name of Jesus and I heard the name of Jesus in and throughout my life, but I just didn't know anything about Him. and so you can imagine the state of my life and where my life went to. We were a rodeo family roping down there at the Claytons all the time and with the washburns and, and uh, it's awesome to see them in church today. God, there's so many people that God has just showed me throughout the years that have come to him since, since I received Christ and it's amazing because I used to run around with a bunch of you guys and, and, or your family members, and, and so it's awesome. But um, now I, I just want to talk today. Um, well, I'll tell you, me and my wife are full-time missionaries, if you don't know us. Um, we spend most of the year overseas traveling in and out of countries. We work for a big missions organization. We handle all the short-term teams going in. To multiple nations around the world next year we have 52 expeditions going to multiple countries and and different areas in those nations to unreached places Um, we've got a lot of people that work for us that we manage their years and their schedules and all the work going forth Um, but that's who we are um, and i'll get into a little bit of that later but i just want to pray right now Um, father we just thank you so much god for this church and we thank you, God, for the people in this church that have prayed faithfully um, for us over the years, Father God, and, and, and have helped us while we've been out on the field, God. I pray today, God, that you would speak, Father God, like you've never spoke before, God, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our ears, you would open our minds to everything that you have for us today, God. I pray that That you give us a word from heaven, Father, that changes the course of our lives, Lord. Because you alone are worthy, Father God, of all of our worship and everything in our lives, Father. You've given us so much in salvation, Father God. You've done so much for us in this life here on earth and, and for eternity, God. So today we are open to you, Lord, to speak to us. And we just lift our lives up to you. In your name, Amen. You know, Romans in chapter 1 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. And it's kind of like a life verse for me because I walk around and I see so many people ashamed or so many people that don't even know what they believe in and they're just talking hogwash all the time. They have nothing to back up, nothing to stand on. And I have to get my heart straight and get my mind straight every single day so that I am not ashamed because I never know who God is going to put in my path. And I always want to be ready to give a word of life and to give a word of love to somebody who is in need because God knows we live in a world where there's a lot of people around us that are in need. There's a lot of hurting people in this world. There's a lot of confused people in this world, amen? And we, as the body of Christ, have to be ready to give somebody hope because we live for the one who gives hope. There's nothing else in this world you can hope in but Christ Jesus because he's the only thing that ain't going to let you down, amen? Amen. So I just want to talk about life today. Um, I'm pretty rough around the edges. I'll just let you know that straight up. Um, always have been, probably always will be. I'm not your typical preacher who stands in a pulpit every Sunday. I preach under mango trees in Africa. I preach along riverbanks in Asia. I preach down streets that are bullet riddled in Afghanistan, like just wherever there's an ear, you know. And, and so I want to talk today to you guys about who we are. Who are you in Christ. And then I want to talk about what we do with it. And so um, I gave you a little bit of background about my life. I met Jesus. Crazy changed me. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like if he could save me, I don't care who's in this room today and what you've done. There is hope for you. Okay. Um, Jesus radically changed my life. It was unbelievable. I'd heard about him all these years and, and you know, this and that because I live in America, but I never gave God a chance. I never even was concerned enough to find out about Jesus or who he was or what he did or anything. God was an easy out for me to blame for everything going wrong in my life because I could blame God because he's just out there, you know, in some outer space place, whatever. Um, I didn't know anything about him. And so... To find out that there was a God out there that we could pray to, that listened to us. That there was a God out there that created everything that we see around us in this world. He created each one of us. I think the pastor preached on Jeremiah chapter 1 not too long ago. He formed you in your mother's womb. Everything about you, he knows about, he put it there. He knows what he created you for. He gave you certain giftings and abilities. He knows what's going to move in your life and where you're going to go and what he's going to take you to and the encounters you'll have and the troubles you'll have. He did it. Every single one of us. We are the greatest thing in his creation. He made us in his own image. Nothing else in this world, nothing else in this life was made in the image of God except me and you. Amen? so he knows. And that's why every time anybody hears the name of Jesus, it penetrates them because he created them. And when truth comes into somebody's life, there ain't no running from it. There is no hiding from it. And you know that heaven has come down on earth when you hear that name. Amen? So needless to say, it changed my life. I tried to get into every prayer meeting I could get to. I tried to get into every worship service I could get to. Every time a church door was open, I was in it, you know. I mean, it was just, I wanted to know who this Jesus was. I wanted to know who God was. And because to me, it just blew my mind. I mean, I lived in literal hell walking around on this earth before I met Jesus. I mean, tormented every day. It was terrible. And to finally have something that was all-encompassing of what love is come into your life and a hope and and vision for your future? I mean, Jeremiah says it later on. "I've, I've come to give you a hope and a future. I have plans for you. I have plans for you, every single one of you. There is a huge grand scheme master plan that God has made specifically for you. Not for you, for you. And we have to realize, like, God is that intentional with every single one of us. And so who we are, I'm going to start. I'm going to be all over this place. You can follow if you want. If not, just listen. I'll give you the scriptures later. But I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians um, 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You died. And then let's go over to Galatians 2:20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but as Christ who lives within me. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Did you guys pick that up? It is no longer I who live, but Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. You're dead. When you come to meet Jesus, you're dead. Look at 2 Corinthians. Your old life has passed away. God has come to give you something new, something glorious, something that He purposely designed for your life. Your old life is gone. It's in the dust. It's buried. It's in the grave. We have become new. I've been crucified with Christ. So if you're dead, what's going on? It's Jesus who lives within you. It is Jesus. And all of what Jesus is, all with what Jesus embodies, all with what Jesus holds, all of heaven, it is within you. He came so that you would be the mouthpieces to this world. Jesus left when he went to heaven. He left and said, I'm leaving you behind. Go, therefore, to all the nations and preach the gospel. Go, therefore. He left you behind, you and me. I don't know about you, but that kind of blew me away. To know that all that torment and all that hurt and all that lostness, and all that depression, it died when I met Jesus. I'm not saying that we don't still struggle with things, and we'll get into that later, because we do struggle with things, but we have a hope now, and we know the end of the story. Jesus was raised from the dead. He took the keys of sickness and death, and beat the devil. The devil is going to come after you. The devil's going to try to tempt you, but guess what? The battle's over, Don't fight, just resist him. He knows his place, but he doesn't know that you know his place. You need to resist the devil when he comes to tempt you. You need to resist the devil when he comes to throw things at you. Because we are victorious. We are overcomers. We were just singing all of what we are in Jesus Christ this morning with Terry and with Trish. We are more than overcomers. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so... What he'll do with you when you realize that your flesh has died, when your old self has died, is unbelievable. But you need to be open to his moving in your life because you're the only one that can stop it. God has opened doors for you that you would not believe, but you have to walk through them. Um, So now that we've died and Jesus has just filled our lives, what do we do with it? Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is the Great Commission. Go therefore to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And this is the best part. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He will always be with you, even to the end of the age. And you think about this, this Great Commission, guess what? That was Jesus Jesus' last words, that was his last words here on the earth. Now, when somebody's dying in a hospital bed, the last words they choose to speak to you usually carry a lot of weight, don't they? A lot of weight. They want you to know something that is so important, like it is the most important thing to them. Jesus was no different. This was his last words to us. And I'm not saying you have to go to China or you have to go to the Sudan, but you need to go nonetheless. You all live in communities. You all have circles of influences. You don't have to be standing up in a wooden pulpit like this to go therefore to the nations, to make an impact on the people around you. God has given every single person that calls himself a Christian a personal pulpit. Everywhere that you go, you have spheres of influence that he wants to use you in. But only you can decide if you want to be used in those. Because God's not going to force anything on you or make you do anything. It's called choice. You have to choose. I want to live my life for Jesus because of what he's done for me. Because of what you appreciate that the blood of Jesus has done for you. Because I'm telling you, the alternative ain't no good. I've been down that road, it ain't no good. And you don't want to live eternity like that. And you know, I know a lot of people are super scared to get out there and say something to somebody. Because we all, let's face it, we all have friends. We've all got family members that don't know Jesus. We know people all around us. And we're so afraid of what they'll say or what they'll do or what they'll think. We're so afraid, but the last part of that verse, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Who is it that gives you strength every day? It's him. He is not leaving you, and he just says, don't even worry about what to say. Just open your mouth, and let my Holy Spirit fill your mouth with the words that you need to speak to them, because you don't know what they need to hear, but God does, and if we walk in obedience, and we just open our mouths, He's going to put the words there to speak to that person because he loves that person a lot more than you do. And, you know, we have to realize, too, like, I'm sure the pastor, he's, you know, been to Bible school. You know, I've been to Bible school, and, you know, there's all kinds of training out there, and you may say, well, I'm not trained in in teaching scriptures or anything else. Guess what? God qualifies those who are called, and if you're a Christian, you're called by God amen and he has sent us out there to possess the land wherever that may be if it's the land uh, Harmon lane and texas street go possess it if it is the land of all of carlsbad go possess it he's given you what you need to do that he's given you the tools in your tool belt if he's calling you to go to africa or to asia come with us. I'll take you. We go all the time. We're usually in four to eight countries every year. But you have to stand up and do it. But I will tell you, the nations are open doors, people. They are open doors. And there is people literally, I think it's 274 people every eight seconds die and go to hell, never hearing the name of Jesus. There are unreached people groups all over the face of this globe. And that's what killed me is because I'm here where there's a church on every single stinking street corner. And I go to places like that. They have no idea if Jesus is a new kind of medicine. They have no idea if Jesus is a bar of soap. They've never heard the name. And I'm like, this is wrong. In this day and age with the technology we have, the airlines that we have, we can literally leave in less than 24 hours. We can be across the world in another country. And we as the church, That is our mandate from Christ Jesus, the commander in chief, to go to all the nations and preach the gospel. You know, I was at, I went to Wayland Baptist University over in Plainview, Texas, and we had a pastor come in and he said, You have three things that you can do if you call yourself a Christian according to the mandate of Jesus, the Great Commission. Go, send, or disobey. So where are you at this morning? If you're not going, you better be sending someone, praying for them, whatever it may be, or you're disobeying the mandate that Jesus Christ left us, and we have to take every one of those serious. I didn't grow up in this. I'm just taking the Bible for what it is, and literally, like Jesus told us to do this. We have to do it in some form or fashion. Like I said, whether it's Texas Street, Carlsbad, the state of New Mexico, Alaska, anywhere in this world. We have to be a part of some form of going, each one of us, personally, and praying for those people who are going, praying for those people, because it's tough. And I'm about to get into that. Um, Yeah, let's just get into that. So going, what can we expect? I'm going to go over to John chapter 15. And it says, I love this, because I talked about how the pastor talked about Jeremiah and how we were all formed in the womb. And then later on, Jeremiah said, there's a purpose and plan for your life. Well, John reiterates a lot of that in chapter 15. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit. And that your fruit will remain, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do. He chose you. A lot of us think, oh, we chose to follow Jesus. We chose to follow God. No, there was a plan way before. God chose you before the foundations of this earth to serve him and do his work on this earth. He chose you. And so the next one is Romans chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 1. He says, there, having been justified by faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we also glory in the tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Now, hope will never disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So it's funny to me that one of the first things he mentioned there was the tribulations. Um, And when we go, get ready. You go and try to preach to some of your family. You go and try to preach to some of your friends. Get ready. There will be tribulations. There will be hardship. You go overseas into a different area, that's a whole nother ball of devils. You never know what you're going to run into. I'm not kidding. But God said go. I take it literally, so I'm going. We're going. My wife's going. My kids go. Our two kids are five and six now. I think they've been in 10 countries. (laughs) And they're going. And they'll get up at the services and even preach. I push them to do that. I encourage them to do that. They've got words, too. You never know who it's going to affect. You don't know what God's going to do. You know, he, he chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And so I'll talk a little bit. Um, we've led over 150 teams of people from the U.S. and Europe um, to over 80 nations throughout the earth. Um, God has opened doors to let us preach to well over 100,000 people through the years of which we've seen over 20,000 salvations. Um, We've seen, you guys have read the Bible and heard the stories. What happened when Jesus went around preaching? Unbelieving miracles and healings. And I'm telling you, the first time you lay hands on somebody that was born blind... It's like 14, 15 years old now, and everyone in the village knows they're blind, and they say, the Jesus you're preaching about, you said he heals people. You said he does this. My daughter's 14 years old, and she's blind. She's never seen. Well, you lay hands on her. I'm telling you something right now. God wants those people to know who he is worse than we could ever. He loves them. They are his creation. They are his sons and daughters. They are heirs to the throne just as we are. And when there's a whole group of people who've never heard the name of Jesus and then hear you preaching and bring their cripples up and they bring the lepers up because we've been with lepers and they bring up deaf people, they bring up blind people, little girl comes forward who's never seen in her whole life And you lay hands on her, and you pray, Jesus, make yourself known in this moment. Open her eyes, just like Jesus did with the blind man. And that little girl brings her head up, and her eyes get this big, and she starts looking around, and her mom starts weeping, and everybody, the whole village comes to Christ the whole village, because they've known that girl. God makes himself known. When we step out into what God has called us to do, he's going to meet us in our neediness. He's going to meet us in our insecurity. And he's going to do something in that moment, not for us, but for those people when we preach. I can tell you about miracles for the rest of today that we've seen. Everything you've seen in the Bible, I've seen it on the field as I've gone into these nations. That is unbelievable. And I know there's more to come. And that's why I want to encourage you guys, please step out into what God has called you to. But what to expect? I'm going to go into that a little bit now. (laughs) God is so good. Um, But we have to remember, John, and we've had many chances of death over the years, and it hasn't been easy. It's not all giggles and smiles every time we go and hoorays and yays. And, but I will tell you, it is glorious to see the salvations come, to see the crippled walk, to see the people healed of diseases and sicknesses and all this stuff. It's amazing. But to see them come into a relationship with our Savior is one of the most beautiful things I literally have ever seen in my life. I was praying over a lady who was a full-blown demon-possessed woman. I mean, she was so sweet, and we were helping her do peanuts in her field. She was digging peanuts harvesting, and we were just down on the ground, like digging up her peanuts with her and helping her clean them out, and she's talking to us, and she's so sweet, and and we asked her you know, if she needed prayer, and she was like, yeah, I go to church and I do this. But a little thing in Africa, they usually will go to church, but they also go to the witch doctor a lot too because there's not really a lot of church, and you don't know when it's going to be, and they have needs, so they just go to the witch doctors because that's what they've done for generations. That's what they know. Every child in Africa, they take them to the witch doctor at birth and have them pray demons into their children for protection. I mean, they just they just don't know. It's not their fault. They just don't know. And they don't know anything different. And sometimes the pastor of the church is the local witch doctor. So you got that big mix too. Um, so I'm at, we're ministering to this woman and I asked her, I said, can we pray with you? And she said, well, I, I'm fine, you know, blah, 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 but you can pray for my daughter and da da. I said, okay, well, we'll pray for your daughter then. So we all got around her and laid hands on her and we started praying for her daughter. And No sooner did we lay hands on this woman. She started writhing and growling and burping and just eyeballs rolled in the back of her head. And the voice that came out of her mouth was terrible. People say the devil ain't real? Buy a plane ticket. I will show you how real he is. Okay? So this woman is full-on demon-possessed. So we have to deal with that. Yes, she had gone to church, but she was messing around with a lot of witchcraft and was doing all this stuff in her house. Anyways, she got set free. But I tell you, we were praying over her, and the moment we called forth for Jesus to come down and fill her up, I mean, when that broke loose on her, her eyes rolled back forward, and she opened them, and this lady just started bawling and weeping and just... She started singing this song in Tonga, and I asked the guy, what, what is she singing? He, he was crying, and he said, she's just singing about the blood of Jesus covering her. And I was just like, whoa. But when her eyes opened back up, sitting there talking to her beforehand, I mean, they're just black. They're empty. They're lifeless. And she opened her eyes back up, and you can literally see when the life of Christ enters into a soul. And it is one of the most beautiful things I can tell you I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, let's get back to it. So Jesus said in John 15, the world hated me, it's going to hate you also. And if you are preaching the truth of Jesus Christ, you're going to get a lot of backlash, which I'm sure some of you know. And so We've had a lot of chances at death over the years because it's not only the people sometimes that don't like it, but it's all the devils too. And it's the principalities of the areas that we go to. It's the powers of darkness that are reigning in the earth right now. They come against you. When you stand up and start walking into an area for Jesus that has never heard the name of Christ, you better be ready for it. You better be girded up with the word of God. And have the belt of righteousness, the sword of the spirit with you, because they're coming after you. I've had to run from police quite a few times. In Vietnam, the pastors that we work with have been tortured for information of our whereabouts because the police knew where they were at. I've been interrogated by the police many times. Almost drowned in the South Pacific one time. Um, Been held at knife point with my wife right after we got married. Um, We've been robbed a lot. I've had malaria six times. I've had typhoid fever. I've had dengue fever, had lung infection at the same time. Um, My wife, right after we got married, she got cerebral malaria and was literally on her deathbed six months after we got married. We had to emergency evacuate her out into another country to the best malaria hospital in the world, and they told me to call the family. They said, she ain't going to make it by morning. We've never seen anybody in here come with malaria that bad. All of her organs had already shut down six months and we've been married. You know, I waited forever <laughs> to get married and I finally get married and now my wife's dying. And so I knew right then I had to take what Ephesians said to heart and stand and stand strong in what I believe, and stand for my wife, and stand for the promises of God, and stand for what he had called us to do in this life. And they said, even if there's the slightest chance, I mean, we got to that hospital, and they ripped her open, cut her open, and shoved tubes straight in her heart because it was so bad. They had to get to her immediately, the medication into her system, and and I, they said, even if there's a slightest chance she does live, she's going to be in ICU for the next four to six months and she'll be on medication for the rest of her life for seizures. And I said, that is not my God. That is not the report of the Lord. My wife will not die, but she will live and declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. I have not waited 40 years of my life <laughs> to marry someone and have them die on the mission field to some stupid disease that has nothing to do with my God. And so, anyways, we got through it, whatever. But the point of the matter is, like, it's going to take determination. I could have quit after the first time I got malaria and was unconscious for two days. Or the second or the third or the sixth time. I could have quit when I was standing at knife point. I could have quit when I had to run from the police because I didn't want to end up in a dirty Vietnamese prison that was all dingy and they were going to torture me for who knows how many years. Because the U.S. government said, good luck at the embassy. They said, our advice to you is to run and don't come back for 10 years. And so when are you going to hit your wall? If you're going out preaching the gospel, is it worth it? Look at Paul in the Bible. He's preaching Jesus unto death, whatever it takes. And we've got to have that attitude as believers, whatever it takes. Because we don't know what God's going to call us to, but we better have enough grit, which is something a lot of people don't have in 2020. We better have enough grit and determination in our spirit and be sure of our calling in God and know that it's no longer I who live, but it's Jesus who lives within me. And Jesus can take on anything that this world throws at me. Determination. When are you going to hit your wall? What's it going to take? Is it going to take the death of a loved one? For you to hit your wall and quit? Where are you at with Jesus right now? These are serious things we have to ask ourselves as believers because there is a world outside those doors that is dead and dying and going to hell, and you are the answer. You know what the mystery is? Christ in you, the hope of glory. John 4 4 says, 1 John 4 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. No fear. Romans chapter 8. I love Romans chapter 8. It's one of my favorites. I'm going to go through and skip around. But listen to this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You're not bound to anything. You're not bound to your habits. You're not bound to your attitudes. You are dead in Christ and have been set free. And there is Jesus welling up within you, ready to go to this world. Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to us. And it's not the sweet by and by. (laughs) I can't wait till that time. But glory is being revealed to us all the time, even here on earth. We are getting to see little pieces and little glimpses. We're not going to know the full picture why we're here on earth, but Jesus shows us those glimpses of glory. He shows us when there is somebody who just has the light of Jesus come alive in their life. He shows us the miracles when somebody gets healed from cancer when somebody gets healed from some sickness or disease, when somebody who has dementia wakes up and remembers everything. There are victories of glory happening in and all around us. Verse 31 says, Well, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against you today? Read right on down. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... Distress? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Peril? Sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, I love when it says yet, yet, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life or angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come, neither height nor depth or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? So you see, we're no longer strangers and foreigners. We are citizens of heaven. And do not limit yourself to the smallness of your thinking. You know, Paul always said, have the mind. We must have the mind of Jesus Christ. Do not limit yourself, because we serve a limitless God who has given us a tremendous responsibility of reaching our cities, reaching our states, reaching our nation and the nations beyond our borders. Tremendous responsibility laying on all of our shoulders. We have to see ourselves how heaven sees us. People, you were all created for greatness. Greatness. Because it's my Jesus who resides in every single one of you. And he has purpose for your life here on the earth. And I said, he'll never give you things that you can't handle. Because he is our refuge and strength. I know a lot of you guys. And I look out there into your eyes. And I know that God has called you all to greater things than you're working in right now. I can't wait till the doors of this church are blown off the flipping hinges because there are so many people coming in here because they need Jesus and they want a taste of that hope and that glory. I can't wait till every one of you have Bible studies going on in your own homes during midweek because there's so many people that want to know more. They want to taste and see that the Lord is good. And you're all capable of it. But it starts right here. And it starts in your home. I talked a lot to the guys in Sunday school about being fathers and to being the men of God that God called us to be and the leaders of our households. Because parents, I'll tell you this right now. Your children are going to follow in your footsteps. You are called to be an example to your sons and daughters and to encourage them in the Lord, to teach them the ways of the Lord. Pray with them, talk to them, worship them, study together with them. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to have a desire because Jesus will meet every single one of us where we're at. I was popping pills, smoking dope, getting drunk every night with some of you guys. Jesus still met me where I was at. I didn't have to become holy and completely sinless before Jesus would come and meet with me. He met with me in the depths of my darkness. He met with me on the streets, in the darkest holes of my life. And he said, just come with me. Just come with me. Just talk with me. Read my word. Learn about me. I've got so much for you. I've got so much for your life. And when you start realizing, is Jesus leading me. It's Jesus who's taken my life. It's no longer I who live. He's living in me and through me. And he's speaking to people through me. When I go to their houses, I didn't even know I was using scripture, but it was just coming out of my mouth because I'd been reading it. The same will happen with every one of You. Almost every single person in my family has gotten saved since I became a believer. Not because of anything I've done, but it's because of the life that I led in front of them and the example of Jesus in and through me, how I dealt with situations and circumstances. And a lot of you are believing God for your families. I'll just tell you this right now. I found this verse right after I became a Christian and wanted everybody to become a Christian because I loved my friends. Yeah, some of them were horrible, hateful, terrible people who had done absolutely horrible things, but so had I. And I knew what Jesus did in me, and I wanted them to, to know what he could do for them too, and my family. I love my family. I didn't always get along with them. We fought like cats and dogs. It was terrible, but I loved them because they were my mom and my dad and my sister and my cousins. Acts 16, 31 is our promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. That word household, it's your immediate family, your extended family, and those close to your family. And I can testify before you today and tell you, not one person in my family has died before they met Jesus. Because of this promise, believe in the Lord and you and your household will be saved. And some of them, it was on their deathbed, but they had encounters with Jesus Christ. And he stayed true to his promise. But we have to know the promises of God and the truths in his word so that we can stand on them. You have to carry this. Chinese people in China tell me, oh, we can't carry our Bibles like you Americans because we'll get thrown in jail. We have to carry it in our hearts. They memorize it word for word. Word for word. I preached there for four hours, one service, and used over 150 scriptures, and they were all mouthing every single scripture that I said in my sermon, New Testament and Old, because the only place they could carry the word is in their heart. We need to start carrying the word of God in our hearts, people. Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for today, God. I thank you, Father God, for your word. And God, I pray that we would just lift our hands to you, God, and just give our lives to you, Father God, all that we are, so that you would fill us with all that you are, Father God. Empty us out. Take our flesh, empty us out, and fill us with your spirit, Lord Jesus. I pray we would walk in your ways. We would stay focused on your throne, Lord. I pray we would stay focused on your word and the calling that you have put on all of our lives, God. We lift our lives up to you today and surrender, Father. It's in your name. Amen. Amen.
0: I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, You can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. We would also like to invite you to come worship with us if you are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area. We are at 4103 West Texas Street in Carlsbad. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. Thank you and God bless.